Hey, welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope it encourages you and reminds you that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. So many praise God for that. Hey, group, group signups are beginning soon. And so if you're, if you're new to Ocean Church, we, we're not a church that has groups. We're a church of groups. It's vital that, that uh, you experience the life of God. Let me, let me say it this way. God brought you, he brings people to, to churches. He invites us, he leads us. And he, he, he doesn't just do that so that the only life that we receive is on the weekend. Now I want this to be a life-giving time. We're gonna, we're gonna dive into the word of God. God's gonna speak to us. But, but I would go as so far to say, it is an incomplete walk as the family of God if this is the only expression that we participate in. There's a place of community that God's inviting you into. And, and like, I, I want you to know, if you walked in, it, it's, I'm so proud of you for being here. If you're here today and, and, and you, don't, you don't know anybody and you're like, I just knew I had to get to church. I'm so proud of you. But you came into a place of, of people that want to welcome you and want you to know what it is to be in the family of God, that you're not alone, that God sent you here to partner you with people that care about his work in your life. And, uh, and so if you've wrestled with, hey, should I be part of a group? Should I join a group? Don't wrestle any longer. Join a group. Let's, let's do this thing the way that Jesus set it up for us to do it. Somebody say Amen. Amen. All right. Um, I, I want to stay in this, this flow. The Lord is just doing something so, so sweet and so just good in, in, in the, our time of worship. And I don't want to interrupt that. It's important we set aside time every weekend, every service to, to worship the Lord and our tithes and our offerings. And I, and I want to do that. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being obedient to what God's speaking and what he's putting in your heart. I love just seeing what God's doing and the doors that he's opening locally, worldwide for us to step into and see the kingdom of God grow. And so as we, we just honor him, let's take a moment and just worship him, our tithes and our offerings. Father, we thank you that you are our source. And Lord, we don't just set aside 10%, but we set aside the first 10% to say that you are on the throne of our hearts, we'll have none other. Lord, would you pour yourself out on each one? Lord, we worship you, we praise you with our tithes and our offerings today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, would you join me in standing? I know you just got comfortable. If you're new with us, we, we stand for the reading of the word as we begin. And every time that we come together, we, we don't start in, we, don't, we actually, we, we, we don't live in man's opinion, but we begin in the Word of God. We're going to stay in the Word of God and let the Word of God speak to us. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 is our, our stepping off place that we're going to read each week. We are in a, a series on prayer. And I want you to know if you brought your kids with you today and they're in Ocean Kids, they are hearing the same message. And it's going to be this way through the whole month. And so Ocean Kids, Ocean Youth, we're all united in this 
theme and this study of prayer, and we actually are following the same acronym. And you'll hear more about that. But So when you pick your kids up, don't let them get, get by with just saying, you know, when you ask them, like, hey, what'd you learn today? Don't let them get by with just saying, like, oh, Jesus. Say, no, no, no. Josh told me. So Luke chapter 11, verse 1 says, Once Jesus was in a certain place. Can you say certain place? A certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. I want us to get to the end of the month of September and know God has taught us, he has grown us in our walk of prayer. In this place, the lifeblood, the life breathing of a, father, a follower of Jesus, this place of prayer, we are going to grow together as we ask God, God teach us to pray. One of the ways that we're doing that next week from the 12th to the 16th, every night in this house in Cape, we are gathering, fasting and praying together, seeking God 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. We're gonna do that together Make plans, be there, join us as much as you can as we seek God and finish this year in a strong way. Let's pray. Lord, as the disciples prayed, we do the same. Jesus, teach us to pray. Grow us, expand us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You know, it's easy to be negative about what we see in the world around us. And while there are a lot of things that we can see that, that are trending away from biblical truth, I want you to know that people are still reaching out to God. A recent Gallup poll uh, showed that 9 out of 10 said that they pray on a regular basis, reaching out for help. Now that the college football season has officially started, I think that number is growing Doubling. I know you Florida fans were praying so hard last night. And here's the thing, like Florida's losing or they're winning, but, but Utah is driving. It looks like they're going to win the game. And all the Florida fans said, God, make a way. God, if you come through this way, I'll read my Bible two times as much as I did last week. Because we negotiate a little bit. And then Utah looks like they're going to score the winning touchdown. Florida intercept, intercepts in the end zone. And the Florida said, fans said, God, thank you. You heard me. I knew you cared. And all the Utah fans said, God, why have thou forsaken me? <laughs> we pray. pray is, prayer is something that naturally comes out of us. I found it fascinating. Dave Grohl is the lead singer of the Foo Fighters in a time of crisis, his drummer was in the hospital after a drug overdose and, and, and it was a horrific situation. And he said, I'm not a religious person, but all I could do was walk and to pray and pray and ask God to intervene. Prayer is this expression. We, we do this. We, we, we get in these places, whether it's like, Lord, help me that she'll give me her number. Or Lord, don't let him talk to me anymore. <laughs> These prayers, they, they just come out of us and we're reaching for help. Albert Einstein, when he was asked 
what are some of the undiscovered and, and places that research needs to go into and we need to discover and tap into what is happening in these realms. He immediately responded with prayer. Somebody's got to find out about that. Will somebody please dig in and find out what's happening with prayer? Scientific studies tell us that people that pray on a regular basis have lower levels of stress. That there's this connection to bringing our burdens that lowers stress and provides this relief. Rabbi Abraham Herschel says, prayer is our humble answer to the inconceivable surprise of living. You know, it's not just negative things, too. I remember being in Ireland and being on the the coast of the Cliffs of Moher, and as far as you could see were these beautiful, majestic green cliffs. And and you get in those places where your soul is just in wonder, and and what came out of me was like, I, I just wanted to tell the Lord, like, Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I don't know what else to say. We have these moments. Our babies are born and, and, and our hearts fill up in ways that we didn't know that they could. And we want to just say thank you. As followers of Jesus, Scripture gives us patterns and begins with this invitation to walk with God to converse with him in a prayer life. And we pray because life is uncertain. We don't get to the end of understanding and knowing and being on solid footing in the middle of life circumstances, do we? The, the, the word prayer actually is derived, derived from the Latin word precario, which simply It's where we get our word precarious. We pray because life is precarious. Now, as followers of Jesus, we we have this invitation that we pray because Jesus prayed. We pray because we see followers of Jesus asked him to help them, like we find in Luke 11. And then we see that the church is birthed in prayer. So much so that that our letters that that fill the New Testament, Paul spontaneously goes into these moments where he just, he's writing a letter to the Philippians, he's writing a letter to the Ephesians, and he stops and he just goes into these beautiful moments of prayer, praying for you and I as followers of Jesus. It's our lifeblood. So what, what do we need to know about prayer? There's a book that that is a strong uh, resource that I I got this acronym from that we're going to follow throughout the month. It's a book by by the name of a a guy by the name of Pete Gregg, and it's How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. And that title, I said, I I like that. (laughs) I like simple. I want to be normal. I need help growing in my prayer life. And, and he separates the, the, this word prayer or pray into an acronym. And so we're going to study what the, the P. It begins with the word uh, pause. The R stands for rejoice. The A stands for ask. The Y stands for yield. And so each week this month, we're, we're going to study and sit in these words 
and allow the Lord to grow us and expand our understanding so that we leave the month of September in a simpler place, invited to know God in this way. So let's begin with P, pause. So we, we pause, and I love what, what Pete Gregg says in his book. He says, to start, we must first stop. And so I want us to start with that. We, we pause to stop. And I want to submit to you that I, I don't know that our soul is able to access the healing, the, res, the restoration the knowing that, that we need and are called to live with, of knowing who we really are and where we are in life, if we refuse to step out of the pace and the noise of life circumstances. Again and again, we find this place in Scripture. David says in Psalm 46, be still. We're commanded to be still. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Psalm 37, verse 7, again, he says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Be still. Seventy times it, throughout the Psalms, there's this word that we see, Selah. And we don't know exactly what that means other than it, it kind of inundates a, a, a pausing, a stopping, uh, a hold on, don't move on. Can, can we just sit a moment and think about what we just read? The Lord cares that, that we stop. He cares that, that we don't allow this frenetic pace of life to dictate to our souls and keep us from the rest and recovery that he has for us. Man, it's, it frustrates me so much because it, it, it sneaks up on you. Like, Anna and I, we, we are, are, like, we talk about it. We strategize it like, okay, we're going to plan our life. Doesn't it, think about how good and holy this sounds. I mean, this sounds like a really spiritual thing to do. Like, good mom, good dad. We're going to plan our schedule around how many meals we have as a family. So let's set a goal. Every week, we're going to have this many meals together. Like, doesn't that sound good? I mean, like, that guy knows what he's doing. That is a good parent. And then volleyball happens. And then soccer happens. And then gymnastics happen. And then Wednesday night, youth ministry happens. Now, that's a good thing. And then dance happens. And then Friday night football games. And then junior high football games. And then college football. And, and there is this pace that moves us away from the place that we've been invited to, to step out and to stop. This word, be still, is, is one word, and it's, it's derived from this word, vacay, which is where we get the word vacate and vacation. So God is saying, I, I want you to vacate this pace, this noise. I want you to step out, leave that, and would you step into a vacation with me? 
Would you step into a place where I'm able to refresh you? And he said it with such strength. And in Psalm 23, David says that this good shepherd of ours, he wants to make us lie down in green pastures. We need this. We pause to stop. We pause to step outside of the, the, the pace and the noise and to make room for the Lord. So that's the first. The second place that we pause is we pause to create place. You say, what do you, what do you mean by that? Well, this is a, a continual practice that we see throughout Scripture and all, also throughout heroes of faith. That God somehow is attracted not just to moments that we stop, but he's somehow attracted when people will, will actually set aside like a physical place for him. That there is this holy separate place. The Desert Fathers in, in response to, now think about this, this scenario. The, the scenario was the, the, the Roman Empire has now adopted Christianity as its official religion. And so what was persecuted and beat down now has become celebrated. And then now it has become uh, politicized. Now has become materialized. And so there were faithful believers that, that said, Lord, I don't think this is it. How do, we, how do we stop and not lose what it looks like to follow you with sincerity and not to follow you because it's comfortable or because it means I, I have material things? And so the Desert Fathers, they, they would step aside and they'd go in and, and they'd set aside a place and they, they had this verbiage for it. They called it a thin place. It was a place that they set aside a physical spot where the separation between God and man became thin. We, we pause to create place. And, and I just want to ask you, this isn't, this isn't um, legalism, but I just want to ask you, do you have a place? Is there a physical place that you've invited the Lord to, <clears throat> excuse me, to meet with you? Have we stopped and said, God, this is our spot together? It could be the shower. It could be the classroom that you arrive early to before your students get there. And you ask the Lord to fill it. This is something that we see again and again and again. Adam and Eve walking in the garden when sin enters the world and we have this, this picture of what's happening, what, what, did, what did God say? It was the cool of the day. And I came to walk with you. This is our time. This is our place. Where, where were you? Why are you hiding when I'm waiting at this place? There's something that he's attracted to when we set, out, set aside a certain place. How many of you have ever been in a, in a, a home or a, a you know, a, a space, whether it be a, a shop or a store or, or something. But you ever been in a place where you walk in and you're like, oh, this doesn't feel good. Is it just me? Okay. All right. Just making sure. We walk into these places and, and we know what it feels like to, to, to walk in and, and just go like, oh, something's off. Something's icky. 
I just want to get out of here. And then we know the opposite of that. We know what it is to walk into a space and all of a sudden go like, oh, it feels good in here. I pray that was your experience today. Our prayer is that when every person drives onto the property of Ocean Church, the presence of God meets them. We pray that when your car pulls onto this parking lot and you, you, you get onto this property, that there is peace on this property. We pray, Holy Spirit, would you fill not just us as your, as your, your sons and your daughters, but would you fill this place with your presence? It's important. And you know what he does? He goes from walks in the garden to what, what Moses called the tent of meeting. He goes from the tent of meeting to the temple where he is filling a space. Jesus prays and he picks out a certain place. Luke 11, where we started from, this is why I had to say it. Verse 1, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, his disciples knew, like, that's his space. That's where he's praying. He invites us in Matthew 6 to the same place. This is from the message translation. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. What, what would happen in your life if you pause to create place? How would God transform us? You know, the church was launched this way. Acts chapter 2, and, and I want you to see the sequence of events here. Jesus said, he told his disciples, wait for the promise of the Father. And so they're gathered together. They're in the upper room, what we know as the upper room, but it's, it's a house, and they're upstairs in the house. Verse 1 says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house. Think about that. It didn't say it filled the people. It said it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. What, what, what if we treated our lives and the spaces of our lives, if this was true, that if God was invited to a certain place in our life, that he would show up and he would fill that place with his presence, with his power, with his peace. And then that work would happen in our lives in our hearts. There, there is a place of pausing we've been invited to. We pause to create a place. Where is your place? I love that the Lord's not legalistic about this. Like, I want you working this out in your hearts, in your minds going, where's my space? Where's the place that God and I can meet? And you got to fight for it. Listen, I, my place is this, this stretch of carpet in Ananias' bedroom. That's my place. And you got to fight for it. Satan doesn't like it. You want to know how I know? We had a friend come over with her little toy dog. And that toy dog disappeared. You know what we found? It went to the bathroom in our house. You know where it went to the bathroom? My place. It's like, what kind of demon-possessed little dog? 
<laughs> fight, fight for your place. Stop, pause, create a place for the Lord to fill, and he will fill it. This last place is really the posture of, of who we are. We pause to be present. We, we pause to, to come before God in our integrity. And that does not mean perfection. When you hear integrity, don't think high character, don't think perfection. I want you to simply think wholeness, completeness. All of who I am. Philip Yancey says it this way, most of my struggles in the Christian life circle around the same two themes. Why God doesn't act the way we want God to and why I don't act the way God wants me to. Prayer is the precise point where those themes converge. I, I have this interaction with believers that, that there is this place of insecurity that, that, that I want to go at in each one of us where if you've ever had the thought, like, I, I just don't think I'm good at prayer. Like, the, the Lord wants to squash that in your mind. You know how you, you, you're not good at prayer? When you don't pray. Or, or if you pray and it's a prayer where it's like, okay, Lord, I, here's my avatar looking nice, looking put together, only saying holy words that you would be pleased with. Here's my profile. This is what I think you want to see and hear. So I'm going to bring this to you. And that's how I pray good. And the Lord's like, I can't do anything with that. But where are you? Can we get, can we get past all of that? Because I'm into you. And I want to hear where you are. You know, sometimes we, we have this idea that God, it's almost like we, we want to pretend that he doesn't know the ugly parts of our life. Like, like I, I, I just, I better not say it. That way it's, it's just my secret. You know what? Scripture does not support that. One of the most amazing things about scripture is that it wasn't edited and the ugly prayers were not pulled out. L listen to these same voices. Like we have this wonderful picture of David. David, like the best king, the greatest king in all of Israel, the line of Jesus. This is where, it's the house of David, the city of David. This is, let me quote David a little bit. Dash their heads against the rocks, Lord. Why do evil people prosper? This is scripture. The same voice says, one thing I desire to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Same voice, dash their heads against the rocks, Lord. One thing I desire. It's like, oh, good, David. I'm glad you're having a good day. If man wrote this, we would have edited that out. We would have brought that. It would never have made it through the final edit of Scripture. Moses, these people you gave me are stiff-necked and hard-hearted. Lord, it's your fault. They're your people. You gave them to me. You made the mistake. A few verses later, show me your glory. 
Jeremiah said, you deceived me and I was deceived. You overpowered me and I was overpowered. Jeremiah is literally saying, God, you tricked me. I'm losing at life because you have done it. Not edited out of scripture. And then later he writes these wonderful words, you know, I have plans to prosper you, to give you a glorious future, a hope. Same voice. Our highest example, Jesus, cries out, not edited from you and I, that we would know that in his worst moments, he he cries out and says, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Fully submitted to the Father, fully obedient, perfect in every way. Why, why does God do this? Because he is inviting you and I to a place to wrestle with him. He's inviting you and I to a place to bring the, the, the places of trauma, of hurt, of confusion. The places where we say, God, I don't, I don't get it. Why, does it. why does it seem like it works for them, but not me? Lord, why why are my relationships the way that they are? Why am I in this pattern? He's not asking you to edit that out of your time with him. It's the opposite. He said, will you bring, will you pause to be present with me? Will you pause to stop? Will you pause to, to create a place And in that place, will you wrestle with me? Would you bring me all of who you are? Because that's where we're transformed. You know, the the moments of prayer that I I look back and say, I know definitively, like no one could ever, ever argue this or tell me that God did not transform my life in these moments of wrestling with him. They weren't nice moments. One of the most transformative that really set the table for Anna and I hearing from God to even be here and move to Florida was a moment not long after we had the the, the quadruplets and, and I was angry at God. Like everything was overwhelming. It wasn't just the diapers. It wasn't just the formula. It wasn't just like, am I ever gonna see my wife again? It, it wasn't just that. It was the, the place of not knowing, I, I don't know if I have a future. And I remember sitting and just feeding one of the kids and, and, and I was just raging out at the Lord. It was not good, uh, proper prayer time. I didn't say any, I didn't, never use the word holy. I don't think I cussed. It was early in the morning. I may have. But I remember telling the Lord, what have you done? I, I don't know how to live life anymore. I, I don't know how to have, I don't know how to provide for my family anymore. I can't be a pastor anymore. Like you can't, you can't do this. It's just impossible. And I raged out over just this, this extended time. And when I finally steamed out and got quiet, 
The Lord just quoted from John 6. It wasn't a scripture that I knew. It, it wasn't anything that, that I had memorized or came to mind. But John 6, 29 says, this is the one thing the Father asks of you, to believe in the one that he sent. Transform my life. Because right there I said, okay, I don't, I don't have to be anything. I can't, but I can believe in you. That's all I got. We, we get to these places of transformation, not in the nice moments, but in the moments where we are courageous enough to bring all of who we are to the Lord. And I want you to know that's what he's attracted to. Would you bow your heads with me? Luke chapter 18 Jesus paints this picture, and he said two men went to the temple to pray. One was a religious man, a leader, and he waited until he had an audience. And he made a, a big show of saying, God, thank you that I'm not like everyone else, that I'm holy and I do everything right. Jesus painted a picture that there's almost disgust in his voice. You can almost pick up this disdain for not that person as a person, but the sadness of that person thinking that they had to bring a profile to be pleasing to God. And then Jesus says there was a sinner, he was a tax collector, and he, he was so raw that he couldn't even lift his eyes to pray. And in that place, with his head bowed low, he simply said, God, be merciful to me as a sinner. And Jesus paints this picture, and then he says, one of those men was justified. It was that one, the one that was courageous enough to bring all of who he was. I want you to ask God, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? It could be as simple as an invitation to stop. It could be as simple as creating a place. It could be as simple as saying, okay, Lord, I hear you. I'm not going to hold these broken places, these confused places, these painful places from you any longer. I'm going to bring them to you. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for every single one. Lord, I pray that we would respond to you. Thank you that we don't have to fear what it is to be drawn to you. We don't have to fear your work in our lives. Oh, thank you that today burdens get to be removed. Lord, weights that have, have stayed on the backs of, of those that have carried the things that they've experienced and not known what to do with them, that today, Lord, you're going to remove burdens. God, thank you that you're faithful to meet us in these moments. And so, God, we respond with all of who we are. Lord, I pray courage over every heart to respond to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information or if you'd like to connect with us, visit OceanChurch.com. We love you and hope you join us soon online or at one of our campuses located in Southwest Florida.